welcome to another episode of Block Talk, presented by Theater in the Now. I'm your host, as always, Michael Block. Now it's the time to help us out, and there are so many ways you can. Subscribe, leave us a review, share your favorite episode, become a sponsor, or do all the above. And as always, follow me on Instagram at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at BlockTalkNYC, and visit theaterinthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. time for a fairy tale story on drag race holland the dutch divas danced and lip-synced their way through a rusical but it was their statements on the runway that made all the difference it's time to break down the latest episode of drag race holland 2 joining me into the woods is cinder fella herself miss fellatia hey there i love cinder fella i'm doing great how are you <laughs> I- i'm hanging in there we're you know what we're we're watching drag we're Lots moments away from the finale of all stars six so exciting. Um, i i swear to god if we get a double crowning i'm going to lose my shit because that would be the season to have one correct and that's why we can't do it because it's already been done it's not a surprise and it's not fair um no double crowning said it once again kali sonique love give her the fucking crown she deserves it i'd be happy with that and you know what? That's what the audience is saying on the Instagram accounts that she's got the it's most. It's very uh, overwhelming. Likes. Yeah, it's true. So Rue, don't fuck it up again. You fucked it up before. Remember season <laughs> one of Drag Race UK? You fucked that one up big time. Mm. Justice for Davina. But we're here to talk about the Dutch Divas. How have you been enjoying this season so far? They're gorgeous. They look so yes. beautiful. Again, last season. They brought it on the runway every week and they're not disappointing this week also. And I think this season has a lot of really talented, unique queens. So it's fun to watch. Absolutely. Yeah. It, I mean, you were with us for the preview podcast. I um, we had Skyla who um, was giving us a lot of insight and, and history to some of these queens. So it's kind of cool to see some of them uh, come to life and, and, and realized. Um, I'm still very upset with justice for Reggie B because that uh, elimination was too soon. But whatever, I'm still bitter. But no, I think it's a fun season. Um, my biggest gripe is the judging, and we're going to discuss that because this episode, um, not good. Not good judging. I would agree Brent. with that. Today's judging was the most interesting so far for me this season. But It was really, really disappointing, and I'm worried that it's going to affect other decisions down the line. But we will get to it. Um, let's start off after the elimination. Ivy reads, love my sissy's mirror message, and... Feels a bit bad about kicking her out, but Ivy has gotten used to cleaning the mirrors. It's her gig. What is it? Three in a row? Two in a row? Um, I think she's done two at this point. Two at this point. Yeah. Well, Tabitha takes off her mask and she is right. With that face, she could have won the monster look. Um, Uncle (laughs) Fester realness. Yeah. Oh, God. Scary. Tabitha is proud of the sisterhood that they have become. Um, I did see an Instagram ask me anything. I'm not sure who it was, one of the queens, but they said that if they were going to crown a Miss Congeniality, they would have said Tabitha. Am I missing something? I are we didn't just get not that. Seeing, That's not. Are what we I not thought, seeing but... the same character, or is the Dutch personality just very blunt, and we're not used to that as Americans? That's possible. Maybe the subtitles aren't getting it right. Like <laughs> I am. I was flabbergasted. I was like, huh? 
I mean, this episode, she was a little kinder, but after that first episode with everything she said about, about Vanessa to Vanessa, Vanessa yeah, to I, Fred, I was shocked by that, but you know. Yeah, so I, I think um, they may be just a lot more blunt than we are, and it's just lost in translation, True. but it's very interesting um, because I don't, I'm not sure I know anyone who is a fan of Tabitha from America, but she's beloved. She's, in, yeah, I think she's been getting a lot of flack actually around here. But yeah. Did last season have a did last season have a miscongeniality? Uh no, they didn't, but who who the hell knows? Maybe they did behind <laughs> the scenes. Well, they've made it to the fourth episode, and so have we, barely. I, I can't believe we're already four episodes in. True. There's like what, like two or three more? No, uh, we got like uh f- at least three or four. Uh, four more. An eight yeah. eight episode season. I think so. Well, it is a new day, and the queens do a conga line into the workroom. Vivaldi and Keta have just won badges, which means Keta can wear hers as her nips. Little pasties. So cute. I love that they brought the badges to Holland. That's a fun... I think they should do that in the U.S. too. Yes, I think so. Like, it, it does help to, you know, visually... Visualize, the, yeah. the stats, but... And they so get to be like, into them. how many badges yeah. do you have? <laughs> exactly, like, exactly. Well... Vivaldi is starting to smell the crown. She hopes they have it in the right size. Well, the alarm sounds, and it's another room message about a fairy named Room. They're going to get bibbity bobbity boo bitch on. Um, they didn't quite know, but they're feeling like it was going to be a, a bit of a um, rusical in there. But Fred walks in wearing a purple denim jacket that I will gladly take. So cute. He's, I want it. He's not doing like fashion, like really stylish, but he's doing like subtle like um everything he's casual. going like into the workroom i've i've been like i'm here for this yeah i like the casualness could you imagine if rue walked in in a denim jacket it wouldn't work it's not, <laughs> it would not be very possible. strange well to kick off the day they have a mini challenge and a hunk of a man comes out with opera glasses which means reading is what fundamental it's the reading challenge Joining Fred to judge the reads is Dutch drag legend Dusty Gershnevitz. Uh, she's the grand dame of the Netherlands. Um, interesting character. She's very dry, very dry personality. I liked her. I thought she was funny. She also kind of yeah. looks like Katya in like 25 years. <laughs> oh, poor Katya. But yeah, she goes to each queen <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> and just reads them to filth. Like, uh-huh. Oh, very, very funny. Very funny. But we're going to get into the rating challenge. We're going to go through the highlights and the lowlights. And overall, I was I was a little impressed. Oh, you were impressed? I was impressed. I thought we had some good ones in there. Nothing made me like fall over laughing, but there were there were some strong ones. There are also some yeah. weak ones, well, but let's 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 start with Vanessa on Ivy. She says, Corona hit you hard, darling. And Maybe I don't know. We we, yeah, yeah, we I didn't don't know her, really so. know her beforehand, but we knew when like Jan got that uh, read against her, we knew. True. Um, but also, I feel like thought. Jan didn't actually like gain a significant no, amount of weight. No, she didn't. It was just, <laughs> just a little bit. Vanessa on Vivaldi, you look like a Picasso. Nice from afar, but far from nice. That, that was really good. That I was thought was one. that was that was a very very good one. Uh, and then Vanessa on the Countess, you're beautiful, young, chic. A, it's a pity your sugar daddies couldn't buy you talent. Funny. I like that one too. I feel I like we've heard, the, we've heard the like sugar daddy read like a lot at this point. That's, that's fair. That's fair. Keta on Tabitha. 
Mr. Potato Head, you're like an Egyptian goddess, but you got a face like a bloodhound and your body looks like it's been decompounding for decades. To which, Tabita comes back with decomposing, you dyslexic bitch. Yeah, that, I mean, that they were both, it was a good read and it was a good like comeback, so... Props to both. I mean, I don't know if she accidentally messed it up, if that if she uses the wrong word, but speak it quick. That was good. Yeah, that was very smart. Get on Puni. Yep, Puni isn't small. Girl, you're so wide, I could taste your ulcer when I ate your ass. Okay. Thanks for the visual. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And then Puni on Keta, we go way back. This competition is like our relationship used to be. There's only one top and one bottom. Funny, funny. That's good. Yeah. Uh They did it. Um, I did not think that it was going to be like a full top bottom relationship. I thought they were going to be both versed. They both seem like they would switch. Yeah. Yeah, true. But Keta being a bottom, I'm here for it. I'll I'll top her. (laughs) Pony on Vivaldi. It's so good that the Make-A-Wish Foundation has given you the opportunity to be here. I love this joke. You want to know why? Why? Because it is my joke. I have used it many, many, many times. Oops, somebody's stealing your material. Yes. Um, I've used that um, once against, um, well, it was a double whammy because I used it against Ari and Pussy when they first started dating. Um, but whatever, someone stole my joke. Now I can never use it because it's uh, on Drag Race. K- Ketamine did the same thing to me, though, when Rue asked her how her head is. I've been waiting for that question because my name is Miss Felicia for so long. And now I have to come up with another answer. But, you know, that's what happens. <laughs> that's what happens. Well, Pony on Vanessa says, are you still under warranty? Okay. Not, yeah. Not the best. Okay. The Countess on Ivy, the Asian doll. Is that why your drag is so cheap and manufactured? Low blow, but... Low blow, funny. especially with her like stop Asian hate right. <laughs> on the runway a little exactly. Later. But you know, it was, uh, it was a good one. <laughs> yeah. The Countess Anketa, you should have been in a gay circus, and it would be it would be cheap of me to call you a clown because circus dogs have feelings too. To which we get the cricket bowling. Like, I get what she was trying to go for, but it didn't work. It didn't work. Yeah. Ivy and Tabita, uh, you know you look like a macro boy, but they don't eat pork, do they? I could I not find that. a translation for this, so if someone could tell me what this actually meant, I would appreciate it because nothing came up when I Google searched it. Nothing. Yeah, I wish I knew because I, I don't know what that means either. But And it was the only one we got uh, from Ivy, so... The, oops, the, the single one, yeah, well... Tabitha on Vivaldi, your name sounds like music, but you look like an unfinished symphony. That was smart. You're still calling her a symphony, so it's not right. I guess that's true. (laughs) Vivaldi on Keta, the only K-hole every gay wants to avoid. Funny, funny. Good. Vivaldi on Tabitha, you're always talking tight, but all we see is a wide neck. I think the subtitles got that one a little off. (laughs) <laughs> and finally, Vivaldi on the Countess, my lesbian friend. Your name's the Countess, but you can't count. Best not count on another win. To which the Countess says, no sex for you tonight. Oop, and they are driving this relationship this episode. They sure are. Well, Dusty has decided that the winner of the reading challenge is My Little Pony. She is the meanest of them all. Um, we'll get to what her prize is in a little bit. But how did you feel? Do you think Pony was your winner? Yeah, she. I thought she did a good job. Um, it was her, maybe 
I liked Kita too. Keta. Mm-hmm. Ke- I, I, I enjoy it's uh, I, I can't I, know, I right? can't say the names now. This cause... is why Keta can't win because we cannot have a Keta Keta uh, winners <laughs> in the same fucking year. <laughs> I liked Vanessa. I thought she was surprising because uh, you didn't yeah. think she would be able to read, but no, Pony was good and and well deserved. For the Maxi Challenge, they will be taking on Cinderella the Rusical. It will be a lip sync musical parody of Cinderella. Cute concept. Um, I um, think yeah. this was smart because it is a story at least is universal enough. Yeah, we don't exactly need to be um, in the subtitles the whole time. Exactly, because last season we got the um, the Maxima the Rusical, which was an fascinating story. I, I thought that was a great. Yeah, but it was it was for me watching it and rewatching it. I was like, I have to understand yeah. because I don't know the story this time. Yeah, we're, we got a couple of twists and turns, but overall, we know the trajectory of it. Truth. As the winner of the mini challenge, My Little Pony will get to assign the roles. The scripts are ready, so let's cast this bitch. The queens dive into the scripts as they sing the Smurf song on the way to the couches. First, we have the Adams family earlier. Now it's the Smurfs theme song. What is happening in the Netherlands? Are they like two decades behind? <laughs> Maybe they're like we need a piece to the American culture. Like they like the no, Smurfs it, and Adams family, right? But like, yes, the cast is a, skewed a little bit older, so maybe like that's their childhood because like it's kind of my childhood, but like kind of before my time. But I was like, this is weird. Why? Okay, yeah, sure. I don't know. Maybe they, I wanted- they like felt like it was like non copyrighted, like Disney, like woodland Fair. music so that's what they were going that's what i thought they were yeah. going for I, I i um am here for a uh smurfs runway that'd be cool that would be fun that's i'm here for it well casting director my little pony reads some of the character descriptions first we have the three stepsisters who are grown-up versions of the princesses we know vulgar stupid slutty and looking for a man to have wealth and status aka every twink in new york city and the countess <laughs> true we're learning that this Cinderella story is a new version of basically Into the Woods, but literally so just much gayer. <laughs> Gay Into the Woods. Ivy tells the group that she would like to be Sleeping Beauty or Snow White. Keta wants to be the DJ Prince or the mother. Vivaldi would like to be the DJ Prince or Sleeping Beauty. Vanessa, she would love Cinderella. The Countess would take Little Red Riding Hood. So it's audition time. Literally. See, by the way, is- seeing... Sorry, the Countess as after seeing the actual musical, the Countess as Little Red Riding Hood would have been oh, so strange. Oh, I know. Well, Pony is going to make the girls tackle some of the parts that I believe they have literally never heard before. At this, they point. haven't heard them. Two, it's a lip syncing extravaganza. So why are they like singing for the audition? Right, <laughs> this was so weird, but I enjoyed it because what happens next is fucking funny. Great TV, yeah. <laughs> The Countess is rapping as Little Red, and it's a moment you can't unsee. Like, when Ivy takes her turn on Little Red, it's just twerking. So who gets it? Well, Poony hasn't found her perfect Little Red Riding Hood yet, so insert record scratch here. Poony asks Tabitha to ask audition as Mama, and, well, typecasting is real, and Vivaldi tried the part of Mama, but no competition to Tabitha. Agreed. After all the requests and auditions, My Little Pony is going to be like a typical theatrical casting director as almost no one gets what they want. 
She is going on what types work best. Sleeping Beauty will be the Countess. She's a little bit pissed off. Snow White will be Vivaldi. Vanessa says Vivaldi should be happy to get a small part because otherwise it would be a catastrophe. This rivalry between those two is very fascinating. Yeah, strange. <laughs> Gerda the mermaid goes to Ivy, who is pissed because she will be stuck in a fucking wheelchair. Who the fuck is Gerda? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just think Ariel is the only one that's like a specifically Disney character. Because like Sleeping uh-huh. Beauty and Snow, like they didn't call her Aurora or and Cinderella right. is like that. I guess that. I don't so know what the up. little maybe mermaid... maybe the little mermaid the Dutch version her name's Gerda. Maybe Gerda. <laughs> Gerda. <laughs> Cinderella is Vanessa, so it is a full circle moment for her. Um it was written in the stars as she says. And Tabita will be Mama. Fairy and DJ Prince the dual role will be Poonie and finally Keta Minaj will be Red Riding Hood. Which it was not people. Little Red Riding Hood. The character, why, why no. didn't they just call her the wolf? Like, it's why was she a boy? A I don't know. Uh, the prince is a boy. Was she? She was a homo. She a homo. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, this was not what they asked for. This is, I think, the first time where this something like this has happened, where whoever was in charge really said fuck you to all of them. I would them do that too. Do their own I would thing. Completely cast how I wanted. And, and, and we'll get to it, but a few girls too. Poonie did the right thing. Yeah, she did. It was right. And you know what? She does have a theatrical background, so you got to trust her. So, but it's time to meet choreographer Gerard, Gerald Van Vint. He is here to bring the show to life. Tabita knows Gerald and knows he will show no mercy. Um, once again, we're meeting someone for the first, second time. And they don't tell us who this person is or give, them, give us their backstory. True. <laughs> I was like, okay. Poor guy. <laughs> but you know who got a lot more attention than Gerald? Damien, the assistant choreographer. Mm. He is a snack in a house. We love a good assistant choreographer. Poony would like a phone call from him. Me also same as well, but actually from Reggie B. I'm still waiting for you, girl. <laughs> I'll take a call too. <laughs> I, yeah. Ivy is asked to roll her wheelchair to the middle of the stage. It's not only a small part, but she's got two sisters who can't dance. So Ivy is very frustrated. Have you been in a production where your, um, your co-stars couldn't perform as good as you could? I definitely have. I won't be. Name them. Who is it? I will not be saying those experiences, but I have been in those situations and it's definitely frustrating. I'm like a dancer and I like choreographed stuff. Um, Yeah. So, and it just doesn't go how it's supposed to, or you can't really do everything that you should be because of the other people that can be frustrating, but um, yeah, you kind of have to make do. It's true. And sometimes you got to share the spotlight, like Vivaldi, she enjoys her part, but she has to share the focus with the other bitches, and she's not here for that. Mm-hmm. Playing Cinderella is very special to Vanessa, a thing we're going to hear multiple times throughout this episode, because she started as a cleaner, and the comparison with the character for her is very spot on. We next watch Keta do some florography, but the real story here is Damien, the assistant choreographer, is holding his fucking Macintosh Apple computer while trying to show the moves on the floor. And I'm like, <laughs> don't break that thing, please. Oh. I was having, a, I was freaking out. Wild. <laughs> like if that was mine, 
and I was doing that, like, at least it's mine. And if I broke it, it's on me. But if that was production's laptop and he was doing that, I, if I was like the PA or the director, I'd be like, get off the fucking floor, put that thing down. Put that down. <laughs> I have such a phobia about computers breaking because I had one incident where I accidentally slipped off a table straight onto the hard drive. So Oof, that's the worst. It's scary. Yeah. Keta is panicking a bit, even though she did fine with the choreography. In the weirdest bit of editing, that was it. That was all we got. Yeah, it was short. I don't know why this season's episodes feel so rushed, but They're I feel like we very weirdly huge, paced. Yeah, it was, it was a eleven minutes in, and episode. it was elimination day. Yeah, um, I really would have preferred less judging on this episode and more with the queens, whether good, bad, or indifferent. Show me whatever yeah. you could in that rehearsal. We watched the show for them, not for the judges. True, very true. I felt like we spent so much time with the judges this episode. We, it was a lot of time on the runway. Yeah, well, it is elimination day. Um, she's excited, but Tabita is asking us to shoot her. Don't ask for that, please, because I'm sure someone in the fandom would. Yeah, crazy people. People are crazy. <laughs> yeah, they all have muscle pain from rehearsal, and like me, Vivaldi just wants to go to bed and sleep and be left alone. Though I would like a twink to join me, so if anyone would like to join me in said bed, twinks, I'm at me. I'm here. <laughs> Vanessa asks the Countess if there was, in fact, no sex last night with Vivaldi, and she just says that they are very cozy. What does cozy mean in gay terms? That they're like cuddling and pecking on the lips. Uh-huh. Probably. Uh-huh. Is there any fellatio happening? I would hope so. But, I mean, they seem to say that it's not. It hasn't reached that point yet. All right, all but, right. But we'll just have to yeah. wait for the OnlyFans. Yeah, I mean, I just don't get it. Like, why can't I find love? All these people, I, I like, just I mean, getting on a show together and, 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 and smacking... Pushies you'll just have to fun. you'll Let's just have real. to start drag and get on drag race and then you'll find your Vangie Brooklyn Heights oh. love. <laughs> Listen, if they, we have not officially been introduced to my drag race love. We've just got their preview. I can't talk can't wait to talk about Scarlet Harlot. Oh my god. Hey. Oh, move over, Blue Hydrangea. <laughs> Ooh, girl. Anyway, the queens make the jokes that the Countess is in Pinocchio in the musical, and Vivaldi sets us straight. Something may be growing for Pinocchio, but not for them. Come on, Erection Jokes! Damn. You love it. In another week of the eyebrow shaving discussion, this time it's Keta who has decided what to do with her, her eyebrows as they are growing in. Clock Ivy with the razor in hand, and she's doing it, and I am so triggered. I, I've shaved my eyebrows before for drag. Um, it makes it a lot easier. So much how easier. You, how did you feel out of drag? I mean, I would draw them on all the time. And I only did like half of the brow. I, do, I got really good at drawing them realistically, but it was a struggle, especially because I would like work out a lot. I'm a dancer. So I was like sweating all the time. And they would and sweat right off, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. But I Is get that it how for you drag, get- Grace. For drag race, yeah, no, that that saves fine, you so much time. It looks so true. much better, and my makeup was like the best it was when I shaved my eyebrows. No, well, there you go. I'm not going to tell you not to, but you have nice brows. Don't don't ruin them. Yeah, they they are cute. Thank you. <laughs> 
Ivy knows that she needs to do well in both the Rusical and the Runway, and that is a lot of pressure because she's had a lot of bottom performances. Truth. Vanessa asks the Countess, who has put on just like the basic amount of mascara and still looks stunning. The Countess, unfair. I'm like enamored by her beauty. Unfair. So but stunning. She asks if she's happy with her role, and eh, she's got little lines and was hoping for a different part, but she'll make it worse. Work. Vanessa says that it's striking that this is what they're doing because this story is her story. She tells us that after having had surgery, she lost all her jobs. She was covered in stitches and in pain, finally a woman, and lost all her gigs. She was pleased that they saw her as a woman, but they didn't see her as a drag queen, and she just lost everything. It was a difficult period for her. To be told that you don't belong to the scene that you want to be in is heartbreaking. It's awful, and she reveals that she nearly killed herself. Um, goes on to say that it's particularly bad because you finally are who you want to be, and there are always going to be bad people who are trying to take it away from you. But she says she's a fighter. Sometimes you have to fall so low before you realize you have to climb up again. If this isn't a winner's edit, I do not know what is. True. I mean, it's an amazing story. It's heartbreaking, and it shows great perseverance. I can only imagine how hard it would be to be like rejected from the community that like helped you become the person you are um, once yeah. you're like living your best truth. So props to Vanessa for everything she's been yeah, through. It's, and for it's a really so beautiful, yeah, it's a beautiful story. And um, obviously coming on the heels of All-Star 6 where we got to see uh, Kylie tell her story and um, Jiggly get to tell her story. It's kind of special to now um, hear Vanessa's um, tale. Mm-hmm. And I wish it wasn't surprising that she had suicidal thoughts because of this, but that's what society has done to trans people. And it's not fair. Um, but I think what Vanessa is able to do is she's able to share the story, bring emotion but still have that positive light about her. And so that's true. what I think is going to set her apart from the rest of this cast and why she really could be a winner. I see that for her. <clears throat> She's definitely a very strong competition. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to drag, fucking impeccable. Like, Truth. Amazing. But after climbing up, she took a clean job because she had no other choice, and now she's Cinderella on Drag Race. Bam. <laughs> all right look at where she we're is going now. i know right we're going to the runway bring it to the gay pride gay pride fred comes out after killing every single muppet on the planet earth to create this jacket it looked incredibly comfortable and i would like one of my own it, um, it, it, maybe- it, it's i am i like to imagine that remember in season two when tyra had her like decoy fur look that she was making for one of the balls i like to mm-hmm. imagine that that's what it would have looked like if she like actually ever made that yeah, the beat, the hair, excellent this week. I love that Envy decided to go with colors this week on Fred, Fred's eyes yeah. because they really, really worked and it made her yeah. not look like Envy. So true, I've job, had that Envy problem Peru. so far, but she looked really great uh-huh. tonight. Yes, well, this week we have Robin de- Von Dorst making their first rotating judge appearance. For those curious, last season they were on the show as their given name and in 2021, they announced that they have given up their female identity and would go by they, them as Robin. Um, oh. So just if anyone was confused, that's the story and welcome to the show. 
Then we have musical actor Freak Bartholz, who is joining as a guest judge. He will be playing Prince Harry in a new musical called Diana and Sons. And I have to ask, are they going to dye his hair red? I don't know. And isn't there also like another Diana musical? Yeah. Like on Broadway right now? Okay, well. (laughs) <laughs> work he's cute though he is so he was cute he was cute so um and of course marike samolo was here once again and she knows drag so that's why she's here yeah she's fun all right so <laughs> we are going to start off with cinderella the rusical um so for those keeping track this will be all in dutch so good luck not us we're, we're staying in english but that rusical <laughs> is in dutch could you imagine if the two of us just, broke <laughs> just start breaking out in dutch <laughs> Podcast will be over. over. (laughs) All right. So we're going to go through the highs and lows and and everything in between and kind of go beat by beat, but feel free to share your opinions as we're chatting. Sure. The stage is set in a bum fuck nowhere. Um, Do not ask me to say whatever the Dutch translation was because there were too many letters in that. I was like, nope, I'm not going to try it. We see the three sisters and I need to ask, who provided the costume because they were all over the place. Some, some rusicals, the Queens do it. Some rusicals, the production does it. Yeah. What, what happened here? I mean, I hated like literally all of the costuming in this whole challenge, like pretty much. Yeah. So the countess as sleeping beauty looked nothing like sleeping beauty. Ro- like why was know. she in roses and stuff? Right. She was wearing this giant petal <laughs> aftan basically. Yeah, it was, it was weird. Vivaldi was wearing like a modern version of Snow White, and I actually loved her look. Um, oh, I did then, not. It gave me very oh, like, really? party, like Leg Avenue, Snow White okay, costume. Fair, fair. Um, and then poor Ivy, who was literally a fish out of water. Like, God. Yeah. The wig looks nice. Yes. Um, and then like as they're going on, I was like, I realize they're going for like the Hamilton vibe, and I'm not really here for it. Why were they all voiced by most of them were voiced by men, which was such a weird decision and really like so brought strange. me out of the character because they sounded yeah. more masculine like than they would have as their like normal drag voices. Yeah, except for Vanessa as Cinderella. Right. Uh, that yeah. was definitely a woman. Yeah. Uh, she's very sweet and more and looks the part. She I th- I liked what she was wearing. Yeah. Um, Tabita played the role she was born to play. Like she was, I thought she was so good. She was so good. Yeah, she's not my favorite, but you have to give her props. And again, whether that black and silver gown with the fur was hers or not, I love that. It's the best she's looked all season. True, I I agree that this tonight, like all around, was like her best that we've seen from her. I think. Um, so I understand why Ivy was in a wheelchair as a mermaid, but it just seemed like a gimmick for failure. Um, yeah, and she got they out were of doing it at the, one point. Wasn't she? And we're going to talk about that. Yeah, so when we were doing like the quartet song, she was stuck and there was literally nothing else she, she could have done. Like she has to do the choreography so she can't even play with the wheelchair because her hands are in the air. What do you want her to fucking do? I'm not they saying she deserves to stay. Spaced but... them out weird. Like she should have been in the yeah. middle. Right. Um... <laughs> I couldn't help but I saw Heidi Ho in Vivaldi's look. I lived for it. I was like, oh my God, it looks like Heidi. I'm here <laughs> <Okay>. for it. <him." laughs> yeah. When Heidi did her Pinocchio thing. Yeah. Um, when Pony came out as the fairy, I was like, that's the best wig ever. Those like cone thingies, hilarious. The rainbow wigs. 
she really did give herself the strong part of the of the show. She I really didn't well. like. I really did not like her performance, and I I hate. I didn't like the part, but like it was stuff like the the musical is kind of like formulated so that like there's always yeah. that one like they like pop in like blow it away, and that was right. definitely that part. I didn't like her performance. All right, that's fair. That's like, fair. I really didn't like it, <laughs> in my opinion. Oh, okay. Well, whoever decided that is what Cinderella would transform into should be fired. That, that was red bad. wig was that I hated terrible. the hair. That was not princess hair. That gold dress yeah. was meh. It made Vanessa look old. It was just, and the prop my prop my biggest problem with like the Cinderella role was like she was like meek and mild, which like she should have been when she's like yeah. homely. But then she transformed for like I felt like two seconds of the thing. And while she's transformed, she had to be like high for most of it, like dancing. Right. So, so I just feel like that part, like you couldn't really win. Like there was nothing right. you could do with that part. So next scene, we're moving into the red light district. I too would like to party at the red light district. That's same. Good. Me too. Let's go. Um, yeah. Keta as red riding hood in wolf form was certainly a choice, but I think she pulled it off. Um, I, I definitely, was, I thought she did a great job. I thought she did she's kind of well. that girl. It, it made yes. sense. No, um, totally. like you said earlier, what the fuck would the countess have done? What what? What would the countess have done in that part? Oh yeah, that would have been very weird, <laughs> very strange. Yeah. Um, but I will say, how many queens have that red harness top and bottom that everyone wants to be? I Smalls I in? have it. I have it. I did yeah, the Naomi exactly. Smalls look, and that was it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I too would also like a joint that large. Yes, that looks great. That looked fun. Catch me um, after the podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I do need to ask you, was that scene too sexual? I felt like I needed a shower after that scene. There was a lot of weird little red like, in. There's mm-hmm. it was a very um sexual overall, the whole thing. Yes. Yeah. Like the prince was like um, jerking off and then Mm-hmm. Cinderella's well, like masturbating on the toilet. <laughs> yes. Now, in other things that confuse me, if someone can explain to me why the William Tell Overture led into the DJ Prince scene, I would love to know. I know I don't know my European history that well, but what does this have to do with the Netherlands? Because that song is about William Tell, who was in Switzerland. I don't know. I don't know. Someone, please help me out here. <laughs> I also would like the jacket that Pony was wearing as DJ Prince, but also yeah, he knows he's a homo, right? Like, <laughs> why do they want him? Why do they want him? <laughs> well, I mean, Colton was the bachelor, so anything can happen. I have no comment. I have no comment on that one. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so let me get this straight. The first scene, as you alluded to, Ivy's in the wheelchair, and then at the ball, she's not. So what is the point? I smell something fishy. There was, like, background story where, like, she gets her legs that was, like, completely, like, uh, cut out. I mean, I understand, like, this is production and you have to go through the motions, but I, as a contestant on a reality show, knowing that this may be a thing that the judges will critique, I would go to the show and be like, why? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> because this was her downfall and I would have been livid if I f- was eliminated because of a dis- uh, production decision like this. Yeah. Agreed. I don't think she was yeah. great though. Like regardless no. of the wheelchair, I don't think she did a great job. Fair. Well, 
know what was great and hilarious to be the dancing that was funny i was like that's probably me that's probably what i look like (laughs) also what could have been live footage of me dancing was vanessa as she was high dancing just like (laughs) <laughs> that, was, that, that was like, I, I was like they're gonna read her that's for this me. moment but like she's right like that's what should be happening <laughs> exactly um pony really went to town jerking off to that shoe yeah also um she looks like she could have been in hedwig i could have i could would have i could see that she was giving me like yeah. neil patrick harris yeah um ivy once again, back in the wheelchair. Uh, so this musical made zero sense. It was very strange. Dramaturgically made no sense. <laughs> um, but again, now we're just going to masturbating on a toilet and drugs, a.k.a. <laughs> apparently this is all kosher in the Netherlands. <laughs> That's all. Cinderella. <laughs> like if I watched this episode with my mom, I don't think I would have felt comfortable. Probably not. I, but Ahura goes home for saying gaping. So God forbid. It's true. <laughs> Hey, listen, Rue hates piss, but she's fine with poop. <laughs> I guess so. Justice I for Trinity K. Bonet. So. Poor girl. Um, I think Vanessa at the change of not wanting the prince could have been a bit bigger in her acting. She overall was just very, very small. That and, all and, like and... went by real quick. I was like, what? Exactly. <laughs> I'm fairly certain that the Cinderella and Little Red is probably on Pornhub somewhere. Yes, definitely, probably. Mm-hmm. But mountains of gold are not waiting for us because this musical was bizarre. I did not like it. I, no, um, and and that choreographer needed to put down his laptop because the blocking was bad. It was yeah bad staging in general. I thought. <laughs> yeah, no. So I think overall Vanessa was very much in the Astina Mandela position in Rats the musical. She may have been the yes. quote unquote lead. But everyone was moving around her. Around her, so yeah. So there's only so much that could have been done. And she had that same single song motif over and over Exactly. Again. I was like, I'm going to hear this again. I will die. Like, I'm going to explode. Yeah, exactly. And as an ensemble, I do think Puni did a great job at casting and each person was placed where they should have been. I just think there was some writing and production choices that set yeah. up some queens for disaster. I think the the trio was like doomed to fail. Those three, yeah, like absolutely, that, those are not. And good you know parts. what? It's the same thing that happened in Rats. Yeah, it's literally the same thing that happened in Rats. True. So, although like Ahura uh, and Bimini turned their little, I think those. But two, they but they that, weren't the they weren't the trio. They weren't the trio. Uh, it was, true. It was sister um, Cherry and Lawrence, oh, and yeah. Cherry oh, went yeah. home was, as one of the bad, trio. Yeah. No, yeah, you're right. All right, well, category on the runway is states on the statements on the runway, and in honor of the runway, we are going to play activism or protest because I think I need to protest on a lot of these looks. You do. I liked most. Oh of them. yeah. Whether well, whether whether or not their statements were there, I liked most. Like if they didn't have a good statement, I still loved the look. So that's fair. Okay, well let, let's make sure we me. just yeah, we'll make sure we note those moments because yes. they were <laughs> very important. But starting out with Tabita, look by Jean Mouge, hair by Wig Mason, jewels by Sage Jewels. Um, she is doing um, a fat look. This for me is the best runway for Tabita. Um, it really is her best episode. Also, I definitely long. agree with that. Absolutely. I, I think the look is wonderful, and the statements on the dress are important. I do find putting them in English made it as powerful as it possibly could be. 
Yeah. The font is great. The cut of the dress is great. I just can't understand the pink hair. It the, was, I was so bold. Say that too. It's and it pulls your eye did, did away from the black the and white. Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. Um, this is where I would have gone with the white wig, I think. Oh, platinum. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did we need the exposed ass? No, but she I, had fun with it. I liked it. it. She so. it was about body positivity and she exactly bared it all. Well, so I'm, I was here for it. Yeah, Tabita says that within our community, body shaming is one of the most toxic things because she is not slim. She's deliberately chose a dress with these words um, because it was personal. She wants to tell people that she loves her and she enjoys what she does. And the rear says you can kiss my ass. Here for it. Freak says that she stood out next to all the shimmering dresses and it's a great image. Fred says it's clean, simple and to the point. Though we don't know what, Tabitha does thank some of the girls for giving her stuff. I was like, she it's a black dress. And if it was those right. earrings. So, yeah, it would have been, yeah, been earrings, hair, Shoes. heels. Yeah. Um, I don't All think it was listed on her Instagram because the designers were listed. So it could have been someone else's designer. Yeah. Whatever. Um, I am curious. That being said, I was Raven enjoyed her stepmom and thinks she should could carry her own musical. I think this is the best she's looked. I will give an activism. Yeah. Wait, what was the other one? Protest? Protest. Meaning they like did they were protesting the the No, it means you're protesting the look because it was bad. Right. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I activate it. Activism. <laughs> yeah. Um, audience, uh 56% activism, 44% protest. Okay. Interesting. I, I I think it's just a Tabitha thing. It's the same thing. I think it's with, her um, strongest so far. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, it's the same thing we had with Poopy and Drag Race Espana. The audience is just not going to connect to her because she's not a fashion queen, but she's doing her and you got to commend that. I really didn't like Poopy. <laughs> I know you don't. Well, <laughs> Sorry. Next up is Ivy Elise doing Stop Asian Hate. Look by Baronid Bruce. Wig by Ivy Elise. This was an unfortunate example of explanation. Without her narrative, we'd have no idea what she's trying yeah, to do. Yeah, exactly. I liked the shoulder piece, but she didn't wear it for long enough. And then yeah. it was kind of just too simple without it. Right. And the last thing you want to do is play into stereotypes, but this was her She said, I don't want she said, I don't I want to do stereotypes. And then she comes out with the fan that says stop Asian hate. And I was like, well, Exactly. Hey. Um, but yeah, no, this was her chance to embrace what is perceived as hate and showcase it, showcase it as paying homage and honor. I think the white dress is beautiful on its own, but the crab arms just confuse the look. She's beautiful, but maybe she just doesn't have the best taste for when it comes to a prompt. I think that is what it is. <laughs> and if you go back to um, the episode one runway, that was about coronavirus also, and that looked like a fucking egg and chicken. Um, yeah. And this is now a new version of coronavirus, so I'm not sure why we needed all of it. Um, but she tells us the story that she was bullied because of her background and with coronavirus there was large-scale racism and jokes about stereotypes she chose not to do asian stereotypes on the runway because of this but a confident asian woman freak tells her that she had the same difficulty as the countess but she did have a funny item with the wheelchair and her disposal at her disposal but she didn't do anything fun with it Rike says her outfit looked like crab legs and didn't get the reference to the virus it was a bad night for Ivy, but I it really, was. really don't think it was fair to critique her about the wheelchair because there was nothing she could have done about it. Agreed with that. I think it, it for Ivy tonight, it was kind of a mix of like 
yes, like she didn't have great circumstances like in right. her part, but like it was also kind of her time. She did she didn't turn it, and the like the runway yeah. was at least for me a little underwhelming. Yeah, I um, white dress great, arms not great. I will give it a protest. See, I like the arms, and then I like don't like the white dress, but I'm also gonna mm-hmm. give it a protest. <laughs> The audience was 58% activism, 42% protest. Next up, we have My Little Pony doing Addiction, look by Jaren Zarenroff. This was the most effective and powerful because of the way she sold the story on the runway. I love that she likely used sugar glass to make the bottles break. As far as the look itself, the green neck piece representing the shards of glass were just magnificent. The green and purple glitter bald look was very bold, but paired well with the red sparkly jumper. The gender fuck element was great, and Poonie is someone who can continue to showcase it and make it still seem fresh. I, I'm, I'm here for it. Okay, I think I'm the only person in the world who thinks this, because I've seen a lot of people love this look. I, yeah. I agree that the bottle shattering was like a really cool effect, and I do definitely love that neck piece. But the rest of the look really does not do it for me. I like don't like the colors together. The bodysuit, I just really don't like. I think a lot it was about it, this. The, the red was and like the kind of the glitter of the red, I think was supposed to represent like blood. wine. Because oh, there blood. Were, okay. Because <laughs> there like, were like blood or wine, but because yeah. there were a couple um spots on her neck, right? The under neck the is glass. like, and, yeah. yeah. Um, no, but it, that's the thing. If you can't interpret it on first glance, that's a problem, I mean, you, you know. I, you can kind of. I mean, the neck piece definitely gives like glass shards, and she like yeah. broke bottles. The message was definitely there. It was definitely a strong mm-hmm. statement. I just really don't like the look. That's so, fair. I'm gonna Pony protest reveals, it. <laughs> all right. Pony reveals that addiction was present in her family. Her father was an alcoholic and lost him to addiction. She shares that she is here because she got all of her creativity from him. He is a wonderful artist, but addiction got the best of him. Freak says you could tell she was experienced in acting and she nailed everything. Fred says that the look is out of this world and perfect. You give it a protest. I give it activism. The audience, 73% activism, 27% protest. I understand. Fair. And definitely a very powerful message. So yeah. she gets that. <laughs> Speaking of not powerful messages, we have the Countess breaking boundaries. <laughs> uh, no designers <laughs> listed. Um for me, I think the dress itself is stunning. Basically, so anything she beautiful. can wear she looks comes so straight great. from the runway. That so being gorgeous. said, for this this challenge, I feel like she found a prop, picked a dress from a closet and said, I can make this work. Yeah. I don't love a queen with bangs, but the straight bang moment works. It's because she's got that very feminine face she, that she can rock it. She's beautiful, but I really want her to try harder and actually break boundaries when it comes to daring to be different. Yeah, I mean, she needed, she should have held the at the very least, held her prop a little bit longer. But then, I'm like, do it right at the judges. Let me paint you this picture, though, in defense of Countess. I agree. Like, she she missed the mark with the statement. But where it's at a show, she's performing Breakaway by Kelly Clarkson with this window, and then she, like, breaks out of it. It's The outfit is giving me, like, a butterfly. So, like, I think with the right performance she should have sold she could have sold it 
as like yeah, a not great the ones you're gonna get later piece. on. <laughs> but but yeah, no, I agree that it's it's a protest. But she does look really gorgeous as always. So the countess shares that she's from Milburg in Zealand, and people labeled her and put her in a corner as soon as she moved out of those boundaries. It can be offensive who don't uh, to people who don't understand where you're coming from. She used this runway to break the stigma. You can be yourself if you break out. I mean, honestly, they're all drag queens here at this in this right. competition. So it's not like, like, yes, that it it is like you do have to bake, break boundaries to do something like exactly. that. But it's something that literally everyone there is doing. So Exactly. Freak says that Sleeping Beauty wasn't the easiest part and didn't get much attention. He tells her it's important to really grab the few moments you get. Marike says she threw away her prop on the runway and only saw a privileged woman on the beach of San Tropez, <laughs> so it didn't work for her. That is very... like one of the harshest <laughs> reads any judge has ever given, but she's not wrong. She's not wrong here. It was very San Tropez. Jiggly was, shaking. But, but like the fact that she called her privileged kind of rattled me for a bit because that is who the Countess is, is whether it yeah, is she's the countess. in and out of drag. She does have this aura of privilege about her. But like, I like that about and her. <laughs> like, that's the thing. That's why she's, she's stunning. <laughs> right. And you get this bit of a villain edit out of the Countess, even though she's not a villain. She's she just like someone you anything. hate because she looks so perfect and she is perfect. <laughs> I'm here for it. Do I want to compete yeah. against her? No, but no. she's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Um, sadly, again, because of the runway, not even fitting with this prompt i have to give a protest yeah no it's definitely a protest great look but the audience 61 percent activism 39 percent protest if you're not watching this show and still giving shoots to it that's fine i urge you to watch the show because it is a fun season speaking of things that people don't even know what they're saying anymore vivaldi deforestation oh, poor baby um, <laughs> head and chest piece by joyce speckman hair by vivaldi as far as a look, it's magnificent, so but I'm cool. not quite sure I understood her statatement from this look. Well, I feel like didn't... trees and well, right. I feel like she if she did trees and statement. wood and nature natural colors, that's how you would have made this look work for deforestation. The face and the deer headpiece are incredible. I love the heart and the lace bodice, though you can see her corset popping out under yeah, the, the skirt. True. I love the fire on the dress, and that's the strongest element for the statement. Vivaldi is an artist, but I fear that she gets a lot of passes for her artistry. After all, this is Drag Race, and there are challenges that you need to succeed in. Vivaldi reminds me of Hugasio. She's going to march yeah. to her own beat of the, her own drum, and if you don't like it, oh well, she's still going to do her. Who's I loved Hugasio's looks too, right. and so far, because again, like. Is, it, been so amazing on the runway um yeah if you go back to hugasio's um veneno look it made no sense to not veneno, at all yeah. but it worked for her so <laughs> i mean yeah. i do i do see the deforestation in the look and i see the statement in the look i think where she kind of dropped the ball was when they like had to it's explain she, it afterwards yeah. and she was just like i, I like animals yeah so <laughs> she tells the judges that she found this assignment difficult because she doesn't like mixing drag with politics which is a very interesting statement. Interesting. For her, drag yeah. is a party. Um, but she loves nature and animals, and that's why she chose to bring awareness of saving nature, which Marike starts laughing as she notes that Vivaldi is wearing a 
classic. She dress. read her. She read her. Like literally, <laughs> the Countess of Vivaldi. Marika is just not having either of them. No, no. She's like these white ass queens are pissing me off. <laughs> right. Gravin says that they were a bit distracted by the bosom as Snow White, so they missed her acting. They were expecting a more powerful statement with her look. She chose a statement and goes beyond her as a person or identity politics, and she didn't hear her, she didn't hear anything about it. She could have reached a lot of people with a better statement. I understand that. Vivaldi is 22 years old. Not everybody is politically inclined. I understand why she wants to say drag is a party, so but true. inherently, drag is political. It, it, that's where it, the base is here's my thing like what if that's her mo then that's her mo and that's fine but for the like runway theme if it's statements and then they're specifically lining you all up to like make to like say what your statement is keep that to yourself don't be like i'm not a political person and i didn't have anything to say but i do like animals make up some bullshit about how it's, I mean, it's not bullshit because yeah. the, the rainforests are out, like on fire. But um, no, she could have, she just could have sold it way better. Right. And, and again, I think it goes back to her age being 22 years old and just not sure of herself in, in, in moments like this. She clearly probably has not done drag pageants. She doesn't know how to answer the talk, question yeah. like a drag pageant. Um, but this is international drag pageant extreme. So you got, you got to know yourself. <laughs> yeah. That being said, this is gorgeous. Other looks yeah. were met and didn't fit their prompt as well. This didn't fit the prompt, but it was gorgeous. And I I have to give it an activism. I have to give it an activism too. I mean, because- I, mean, I know there, I'm contradicting there, there myself, a, but- There was a statement whether or not like mm-hmm. she like was make- like, Here for it. New yeah. yeah. <laughs> 91% activism, 90% protest. So we all thought it was gorgeous. Yeah. Ooh, next up, Keta Minaj doing mental illness. Look by Isabel Schultz, wig by Sebastian Vonderham. This one is hard for me. Um, I think the blanket statement of mental illness is important. I just don't think she captured it with this look. She went to the extreme, and sometimes the subtlety of mental illness is more important story to tell. With the straight jacket to rainbow look, had she made it a conversion therapy statement, I would have bought this look. Because the hair just looks insane. The makeup is bonkers. Love the boots. They are sick. (laughs) But when we get to the Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor um, dream coat of it all, I just got lost. She doesn't have panties on, which is annoying me. Especially because the picture I'm looking at right now is like her skirts riding all the way like above her crotch. You can see her like (laughs) fishnets. But I, I actually did like this look. To be honest, I thought like the straight jacket was cool. I do get what you're saying. It's a little like insensitive and a little like, okay, yeah, like crazy person, mental illness, straight jacket. Like we get it. But I thought the transformation was cool. I like Right. And that's why I think if she went conversion therapy, that would have been a strong statement. Because later on, Fred does make that statement after all the other. Yeah, she like made it for him. So it 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 could have matched a little better. Um, but Keta tells us that you can be haunted by demons who stop you from being who you want to be. It can be the events around you that can affect you. You only get your one chance at life and you have to live it at hundred percent. Let go of all the negativity and be proud of who you are. Very strong statement. It's something yeah. that I need to hear. Um, Robin says that her statement on mental illness was portrayed. Well, she said, um, 
they said that the wolf was the character was the wolf and little red in one Briggs says she should release her song as a single he calls the reveal great i'm not vibing with all that i will give it a protest i'm i'm active what is it <laughs> activisting activism <it. laughs> activisting it <laughs> and, oh god and the audience <laughs> will agree with you uh 58 activism 42 percent protest i want to say and i finally, see yeah go ahead i see zavaleta rocking this look both like the straight jacket and yeah hey maybe, maybe we'll see her do something maybe we'll crazy see her monster do something demon crazy on, some, on something <laughs> yeah. and finally vanessa van cartier trans pride look by dung and dirk wig by wig mason jewels by astrolab this was it this was the one that succeeded easily this the jacket with you, the yeah. words oh to reveal into that stunning trans pride color gown Beautiful. this showcased vanessa perfectly she sold it too like i in adore that this black hair. outfit i was like it's very envy peru uh-huh like, i feel like that's it's the got kind of that stone that pink and blue moment sensational so like i do wish that the nude matched her skin tone just a bit I, more but that's being nitpicky. i noticed that i agree but it's not too nitpicky especially because she's a white person and it mm-hmm. is very easy to find that's true nudes for white people yeah i must say that he is but he is a star um, and that's all there beautiful. is beautiful such a gorgeous yeah. look she says that she spent years in a body that was a prison she wasn't able to be who she was she always wants to please people and make them happy but she forgot to make herself happy she wants to tell people at home other small vanessas to be faithful to yourself very beautiful um, so unfortunately, good. that's going to be what she would say if she were to be in the finale. So I hope <laughs> you're practicing that mirror because we're going to have to adjust that a little bit. True. Um, Freak says there is something enchanting about her. She is really beautiful. She delivered the leading role very well. The danger was it wasn't funny. Fred says the look is gorgeous. He just says he sees this every time, which makes him think, what else can she do? He wants to see something different. To which I said, Fred. Let's see you do any of your own drag. Like, girl. Sure, fine. But Fred, you are reading this bitch for this look. What about everybody else? Come on. Right, right. I, I was I was very side-eye this, at Fred. At what this moment. felt like was they realized all the feedback from season one where they just praised Envy and never gave her like a full arc. This was, uh-huh. I think, the moment where like, oh, we need to make Vanessa look bad for a week. Let's say something bad, even though it wasn't. I mean, I feel like so far we haven't like seen Vanessa's best in the competition at this point. I don't think like she in hasn't the been bad really, but she has not been bad. And this by far was not the week where that like no. she, she was the one who's like, we need you to step up. Yeah. For me, this was activism. Yeah. Loved it. I activate it too. The audience, 91% activism, 9% protest. Well, sure. they're going backstage for Untucked Jr. They grabbed their drinks and toast to the roots gold. Vanessa enjoyed seeing everyone bring their own statement and was impressed with Puni's story. Puni says it was insane and intense and a, a bit overwhelmed to explain the look. Keta says she's known for a long time that it's hard for Puni to open up and says it's amazing to do it on a huge stage. The Countess doesn't care about anything because she's, she's like, gorgeous and who just me privileged her. and flashes her red bottom. <laughs> right. Ivy says she gave it all in the rusical, but they wanted her to give more, even though she was in a wheelchair. She says she was dancing hysterically and it still wasn't enough. And then Vivaldi, who I'm starting to feel like is just a fucking whiny brat, and I'm not sure I love it, 
tells us she's pissed at the comments. She says she was pulling faces and overacting and they didn't seem to notice. She asks who else would be practicing the lip sync and the Countess is like me and Ivy's like all the sisters and the Countess blames Poonie as it's all her fault. Yeah, I mean, no, I feel like Vivaldi was the worst sister in my opinion in the challenge. Um, And it's not Poonie's fault. I mean, it's her fault you're the sister, but like I right, think that she was wanted a to good play part Sleeping for her, Beauty. Honestly, yeah, that was what, the like. Same, what was she going to do? The exact same exactly. part, but like one's exactly. tired. <laughs> exactly. Well, Fred has come to a conclusion. My little pony wins this week's challenge. She wins a thousand euros from Ludes Five. Vivaldi, Tabita, Keta, and Vanessa are safe, leaving Ivy and the Countess as the bottom two. Miss Felicia, do you agree? I like very much disagree. Um, Poonie would not have won the challenge for me. Um, I think for me, it would have been Vanessa or Tabita. No, no, no. Sorry. Uh, Keta or Tabita on the top with Vanessa being like a safe top. And then Poonie was like in that Vanessa bottom spot for me without like lip syncing. And then the three sisters were definitely the worst. But I would say Vivaldi's look did save her from the bottom yeah i i'm fine with the bottom two my little pooty winning i'm okay with but i do think to be to did a little bit better um and i i really do think it was because of a, a pony story that really gave her yeah pony definitely had the most like had the most connection and like heartbreak to her statement yeah I would what say. i do well, not understand is why they put vanessa in vanessa the should not have been on the bottom like that was it very didn't make weird. any sense it was so strange well, the song is En Vogue's Free Your Mind. Didn't we just hear this on we another heard that, like last Drag Race? week or two weeks ago? Yeah. Yeah. Now, this was a very interesting lip sync because Ivy gave it her all, and the Countess literally walked back and forth, <laughs> said the words, but there was no life in that performance. I, I do agree. Um, Ivy did give it her all. Did I love her performance? No. No, and then Countess did just walk back and forth. Um, this song is out of the comfort zone of the Countess, but this is Drag Race. You have to be ready. Yeah, for that's true. Like you this. have to be able to do it. Yeah, um, I do think Ivy was her, at her best when she was stationary and allowing the emotions of the song lead her. Ivy's problem for me with her, like in general, her lip syncing is she does a lot of vague, um, unjustified movements. Like sure. it will be random hand gestures that like have nothing to do with what's being said, and then I don't love that. So in a bit of a controversial decision, Fred tells them both that they, <laughs> that was their bad. lip sync was not good, <laughs> but based on track record, he was still only going to eliminate Ivy and thus the Countess remains. If you gave me a double elimination here, I would be fine. I understand. But I to allow been, a free I've... pass, to allow a free pass to the Countess after that performance really makes me question favoritism this season. I'm conflicted. With because... the close, yeah. With the closeness of the Countess and Vivaldi, I fear that they are getting personal preferential treatment, and that puts a weird taste in my mouth for this season. Yeah. Was Vivaldi the one who does ca- or who did her hair? The Countess, Countess did the makeup, makeup, Vivaldi did the hair. Yes. Yeah, I mean, so my thing is, I've loved Countess so far, and, like, I would have been really sad if she left, and, like, Ivy has been on the bottom a bunch, but, I mean, Ivy kind of objectively beat <laughs> countess at that i agree i agree and that's my issue 
But I mean, I didn't want to see Countess go. So I'm like not mad that Ivy <laughs> was sent home. But so like, yeah, but that's, but if it was, if it was a different queen and not the Countess who bombed it as bad as she did, would she have been saved? No. Well, maybe, maybe they just wanted Ivy out. Maybe they were ready for her to go. Sure. Then, then, then put her up against Poonie or Keta, who can definitely yeah. out lip sync her. It was it. It just felt very unfortunate and weird. And Fred last season, we all critiqued his critiques and judging. And now I feel like we have to do he it hasn't again. Done much he was to... doing okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It's really sad. But Ivy says she's not feeling great. But three lip syncs, it could have been worse. Cough, cough, Abby. Which didn't make sense it. because Abby won those li- like she no, but lip syncs so much because she made it past three lip syncs. Well, she didn't. I don't think she won all of them, in my opinion. Well, I mean, she stayed though. <laughs> yeah, she gave it her all, but she knows she can't lip sync forever. Let's do it. Burning question: What is Ivy Lee's legacy? Sister of Abby, like daughter of Abby. I don't know. I would say yeah, I mean, she's part of that house, honestly. She unfortunately Ivy this season. Four episodes she was in the bottom or lip syncing every week. Yeah. We've got a makeover challenge next week. So is it safe to say we're saying goodbye to, to be the next week? I would very much not be surprised. I mean, it's a really stunning you, group of girls, and to be right. the style can, and makeup just don't hold up. The, the, you cannot tell me she's going to beat anyone in a lip sync uh, like maybe the countess maybe the countess and right but countess is not going to be on the, the count- bottom next right week. in a, like, in in a makeover <laughs> challenge that face is be so, yeah i don't i'm i i if it's not to be to i'm gonna be shocked i could see like maybe um K- kata um she like is such a shapeshifter and looks it always gives very different mm-hmm. looks so yeah. maybe that could that could hinder her in this time where it's like, well, we didn't really Possible. see your personal brand, but I don't know. Speculation. Well, four episodes. The winner is. It's hard, right? I'm going to say ketamine. Okay. Ketaminage. Whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Ketamine is from down under. Yeah, well, she's coming. She's flying over to Dutchland and winning yeah. this season. No, um, no, I see it for Keta Minaj. Honestly, I do. And yeah, I I love Keta. I really enjoy Puni. But I think after this episode, even though they put her in the bottom, I I think this was the story arc for Vanessa for her to get a big bounce back. Fair. I I, I see it being like a kind of Chad Michaels kind of situation with Vanessa at this point. But interesting, interesting. I mean, there's we'll, we're only we'll halfway through, so yeah, anything could happen. Well, where can we find you on social media, Venmo, and any projects coming up? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Miss Felatia. That's at M-I-S-S-F-E-L-L-A-T-I-A. Um, you can also follow my boy Instagram at T Grunin. That's T-G-R-U-N-I-N. I'm a boy and I'm like a spin instructor. And I'm cute. Oh, so you can follow me there. My Cinderfella. What was that? Cinderfella. Cinderfella. That is me. Um, and um, my Venmo is also T Grunin, T G R U N I N. Amazing. Well, always a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Always love it.
A big thanks to Miss Felicia for chatting. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and leave us a review while you're there. Make sure you engage with me on social media and tell me your favorite episode so far. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. Mm-hmm.